A family was preparing to move all the way across the country. The night before they left, their little five-year-old got on her knees to say her prayers. Thank you, God, for this day. Thanks for the bird and the birds and the flowers and all the good things you give us. Please bless mommy and daddy and Jennifer and all my friends. She paused for a moment and then concluded, goodbye, God, we're moving to California. <laughs> California, is that outside God's jurisdiction? Some of us might think so, but the point is that God is not provincial. He's not just where we are doing what we want alongside us where we live. All kidding aside, the way that we pray really reveals how we think about God. Before we jump into that or delve into that, let's talk for just a moment about when we pray. When do we make time for prayer? We spoke about that quite a bit last week, making time for prayer, and we issued a four-minute challenge if you have trouble finding time to pray. The four-minute challenge goes like this. Set your phone alarm to go off four times a day, once in the morning, once in mid or late morning, once in mid or late afternoon, and once in the evening before you go to bed. And when that alarm goes off, no matter where you are or what you're doing, that's your reminder to think about God for one minute. Just rest in God's presence for one minute. If you want to read a brief scripture passage during that time or say a prayer, that's fine. But make sure you acknowledge that you are in the holy presence of God, no matter where you are for that minute. Now, that's just one idea on how to pray, especially if you're struggling making time for prayer. Let's delve more deeply into how we pray. When we pray, most of us, I dare say, make God too small. How much of our praying is really just a clumsy attempt at bribery? If you do this, God, I'll do that. I promise I'll be good. I'll write a big check to the charity of your choice. I'll always do this. I'll never do that. Whatever. As if God could be bought. How much of our praying is like shopping online? Click the mouse, click a button, place your order, and wait for the delivery. How much of our praying is coming to church is really just sort of an attempt to buy a little insurance against bad luck. And when bad luck comes anyway, because it always does, goodbye God. People have been telling me this for decades. They've given up on God, they've given up on prayer, they've given up on coming to church, whatever way they phrase it, or all of the above, because God didn't come when I needed God. In other words, God didn't perform the way I wanted God to perform. Some seats in every church are empty because God didn't perform on cue. What good is God if he doesn't deliver the goods, if he doesn't give me what I want? That insurance policy was just a waste. All of this, of course, thoroughly misses the point, both as to the nature of God and the purpose of praying. God is immense and beyond all imagining. Praying is not about changing God's mind. God already knows what we need and wants us to have it. No, pers no persuasion or manipulation is needed. We might be tempted to look at that first story from Genesis where we heard about Abraham bartering with God. He reduces the sentence of the people, if you will. But think about it this way, which is really the, exactly what it says. 
God never says he's going to destroy all the people or destroy any of the people. That's Abraham's assumption. And then he starts bartering with God based on his assumption and who changes in that process. Not God, but Abraham in his assumption. What he learns through that process, through that prayer, is God is a merciful, forgiving, and all-loving God, which he was in the first place. But Abraham's the one who changed. So praying is about changing us, changing us on the inside. As we open our hearts to the Lord and listen attentively and allow ourselves to be touched and moved deeply within, we begin to see things as God sees them and to want what God wants. Every time we pray the Lord's Prayer, we say that, do we not? Thy will be done, Lord. Thy will be done. Not my will. Thy will be done. That's the real gift that God gives when we pray with open hearts. We get reshaped on the inside into God's image and likeness. And as a result, we get a taste of God's peace and joy. How beautiful is that? And then nothing becomes too big for us to face. For now we see and experience everything through God's eyes. What a fantastic vantage point that is. This is the gift of the Holy Spirit that Jesus promised you. This is the gift of the Holy Spirit that Jesus promised all of us if we pray with open hearts. And it's much more precious than the stuff we ask for and think we have to have. That's the point of the gospel. When Jesus tells all these different stories, he gives us these different allegories, these different analogies on people praying and being persistent and this response happening and they get what they need. And Jesus says at the end, he identifies what we need. In that gospel, Jesus promises what we will receive is the Holy Spirit. What we will receive is what we need, not what we want or what we think we need. So ask and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Seek and you will find the Holy Spirit. Knock and the Holy Spirit will be opened to you and you will have whatever you need, no matter what. You will have whatever you need, not necessarily what you want, no matter what.